In this episode of the Audio Project with Dina Tierney, you'll get to hear my keynote for students at the 26th Annual Science Symposium for Girls at Sacred Hearts Academy. Hope you enjoy. Dina is the founder and CEO at Pacific Point. Uh, she has an extensive background implementing customer relationship management solutions as a consultant and in industry prior to founding her firm. Now, most importantly for us today, Dina has a passion for encouraging uh, youth and particularly young girls to pursue careers in business, in leadership, and in technology. She has a long-standing history of support for various youth programs in Hawaii focused on topics like STEM, women in business and leadership, and women in technology. She's been a keynote speaker for the Girls' Summit and, of course, here today. And she and her team have volunteered uh, three years in a row with STEM Works Hawaii as professional mentors. She's a committee member on Technology Readiness User Evaluation, TRUE Committee. And the goal of TRUE is to pursue job creation and increase wage earning capacity in Hawaii through public and private collaborative efforts. So please join me in welcoming Dina Tierney. Hello, everybody. Thank you um, to the organizers. Thank you, Scott, uh, for inviting me to be the keynote speaker at the 26th Annual Science Symposium for Girls. I'm really, really happy to be here. Um, I feel your energy. I feel your optimism. And it makes me really honored to be here. Um, I'm inspired by this audience. As I saw you guys coming in, I started thinking about who's sitting in this room, who are the next leaders of maybe some big corporations, who might be an entrepreneur that's sitting next to you, or who might be an inventor of some sort of science, make some sort of science contribution back to the world. So if you think about this, and we'll, we'll all stay in touch somehow and figure out how we all came together on this day to, to talk about my journey, but really my journey and my story. What I'd like to do is not just tell you my story, but also give you three truths that you can walk away with that I learned um, throughout my career, and I still apply today, um, that you can apply in yourself now, as well as in the future. So um, let's get started. I, I hope the organizers of Science Symposium don't mind or don't get too mad at me afterwards, but I've, I have to say this. I don't like math, and I don't like science. I was never into it, so I'm, I'm just going to get that out of the way now. Um, you guys know that. But what I did really like from the time I was young until now, and it continues to be part of my DNA, is I like to create things. I like to solve problems. And I will tell you more about my story, but I, I've always enjoyed that. I like working in teams. I like working with others to solve problems. And what I found is, from very early, that's what I did. And that's what I also get to do today at Pacific Point. So I'm going to give a little bit of background about what my company is, because it may not make a lot of sense. Um, so I'll talk a little bit about technology. I'll try to keep it kind of fundamental, but I certainly want to make sure that it makes sense for you. Um, Pacific Point is, as Scott mentioned, a Salesforce consulting firm. So what, what is it that I do in that? What does it mean that we, of, of a consulting firm? Essentially, we're a team of people that work for Pacific Point, and we help clients, as was mentioned by Scott, um, help them implement technology solutions. So these are business applications. And we become experts in a specific um, software product. In our case, the software product is Salesforce. 
what we do is we meet with a company, we ask them about their business, we learn what their challenges are as, a, as an organization, and we help to figure out how does their business problem, how could that be solved through technology, and in this case, specifically, our Salesforce product. Um, there are a lot of jobs in technology, and I kind of underscored configure and customize, but it's really a variety of skills. It's people skills, it's communication skills, it's analytical skills, and I'll, I'll show you a list of some of those other skills, but if you look at the people on my team, some of them are traditional programmers, some of them are writing code, some of them are analyzing problems and, and figuring out how does Salesforce work to best address this, what new features and functionality has, has Salesforce now released. So we have to always be um, aware of the latest and greatest with the technology that we're working with. Um, the other third point about Salesforce for you guys to understand is that Salesforce is software. It's just software. It's just like any other application that you might have on your iPhone. It's a software product. It's hosted in the cloud, which essentially means that you can access it from any browser as long as you um, get to their website and you pay the subscription. So you do have to pay for it, but anybody can get to this software. It's hosted in the cloud. So what Salesforce does is it helps businesses um, better put their customers first. So um, if you think about what Salesforce is, I'm going to switch slides just to talk to you about what a Salesforce consultant does. But before I do, um, Salesforce is a, think of it as a very fancy um, address book. So if you go to your address book on your iPhone, a lot of you guys have iPhones now, you have an address book, you have all your friends, and you have contact details. You have their phone number, their email address, um, you know, maybe their address, some other information. Salesforce is essentially that for a, for a big company and a small company and even a government. So all they're doing is they're keeping track of their customers and they're keeping track of a lot more. They're keeping track of every time you called them, every time you emailed them, every time you reported an issue, every product you ever purchased. So this is a very fancy address book. Just think of it that way. And it's hosted in the cloud, so that's where you get to it. So if I think about what we do as a company and what our team does and what you might be wondering what I do. Um, the first thing that everybody on my team does is we have to learn the technology. We have to spend time understanding what Salesforce is. We have to spend time keeping ourselves current with that technology. As you guys know, technology is always changing, always evolving, and Salesforce, even in the time that I've worked with it over the last several years, is just, it's just evolved so much. Um, but it's my responsibility to always understand and stay current with that technology as best can. And I certainly am not an expert, but I can try to keep up as best as I can. The second thing that the people on my team do is we analyze our clients' business processes. So what does that mean? We will meet with an organization and we'll talk to them about process. And you can see it's a little bit hard to read, but the little picture is of like processes. Okay, I take a call. After I take the call, I'll log the details here. If it's this type of call, then I'll route it to this person. If it's another type of call, I'll route it to a different group within my company to solve it. And so we start mapping out what does that process look like for a business? And how do we then um, think about how the people work with technology. And that's that last piece, is now we do the technical bits. We say, okay, how do we know Salesforce? We know your business. How do we bring the two together and solve your problem? And that's really what I've always enjoyed doing. I've always enjoyed hearing what someone has to say. How do I solve that with a variety of tools that are available to me, even as a young child? And how do I con configure something that helps me solve that problem? 
So for me, I've always found, and I'll tell a little bit more of my story, that while I may be technical and I started my career as a software engineer and did a lot of programming and a lot of development work, what I found is that I understood business and I like to solve problems. And I like to hear what the challenges are and then come back to the technology that I developed my skills in and bring all of That's what everybody on my team does. We learn technology, we analyze business, and we bring business and technology together. All right, so what skills are needed for this job? Um, like I mentioned, communication. For, for the work that I do and everybody on my team, I think they have fantastic communication skills. You gotta talk to a customer, you have to bring out the information that you need. So if you're really good at communicating, I mean, I think women in particular have women in particular, there's a stereotype that we're good communicators, maybe uh, some are, uh, some are not. But communication, if you feel like, man, I'm really good at communicating, I'm really good at telling a story, I'm really good at asking questions and thinking through something, maybe a job in, in consulting might be a career for you. What about problem solving or analysis? Really diving into something, going, okay, this fits with this, this kind of goes with that. It's like it's solving a puzzle. And problem solving and analysis and logic, those are skills that all programmer analysts have to have. You have to have logic, okay, if this, then that. And you pull it and piece it all together. So if you find yourself liking solving problems, analyzing things, you like logic, things in an order, in a sequence, you like patterns, those are things that our team does a lot of every day. Even if they're not developers, they do it even as a business analyst. The other skill is organization. You know, we work on projects and we have to be organized. So some of you in this room might be um, really good at organizing a team, getting people together, keeping track of all the tasks that have to take place. When we implement technology, we have a role called project manager. And those people do have technical knowledge, but their deepest skill is their organization. Their second deepest skill might be communication and they're really good at bringing the team together towards that common goal. So if you find yourself as someone who's very good at organizing people, keeping people on task, thinking about everything that has to be done to accomplish a goal, that might be a project manager job in the technology field, which is a great career. Leadership, that's another one that many of the people on my team do. Whether you're a deep technologist or you're on the other spectrum and a project manager, Everybody on the team is looking to you to say, what do I do? Is it tasks for a project plan? Or is it, how do I solve this problem? I need technical leadership. How do I, how do I solve this? And so leadership skills are very important and things that probably you can start to feel yourself doing even in your day now. And I think the most important one is this learning. Technology, as I mentioned, is always changing. I come into every situation and understand that I have to come from a beginner's mindset. I have to know that something new has happened. Uh, I told my team the other day, just the recommendations that we made six months ago may not be the same. We need to go make sure. We have to always check what's latest and greatest. And if you're one of those people that don't just want to learn something once, and you just want to keep your hungry for learning, technology is an amazing field and you have to have that character trait where you, you find yourself always wanting to learn what's new, what's, what's the greatest feature, let me go try it out, let me see how it works. That's um, the basic skills that I've seen across the spectrum of our team. And again, some are more technical, some are less technical. Um, I started my career out much more technical and gradually moved away from the technical. But that's the point at the bottom, right? 
technology is always changing, so these, but I think these core characteristics um, are, are going to be um, what were me, really. So let's let the story begin and the embarrassment also begin. Um, when I actually had to ask my mom for, for a picture of myself, um, I think this picture is from seventh grade. I got the puffy hair, the little eyes, the freckle face. Um, you know, I, I grew up in a military household. My dad was in the military. We traveled every two years when I was a little kid. We eventually settled in Texas. So I grew up for most of my childhood in Texas. And when I was in junior high, and I look back at this picture, and I had no idea that I would be a Salesforce consultant. I had no idea that I would be a software engineer, that I would start my career that way. So, you know, it's okay to not know. I think the first thing I just want to say with everybody in the room is it's okay to accept the fact that you don't know. You don't know what you're going to be. You, you, you don't. You just accept it, and you, you move on, and you have fun. <laughs> and that's what the point of the smile is, right? It's okay to not know. But yeah, when I was that age, what I was really into, as I mentioned before, not into math, not into science. I was good in school. I wasn't necessarily an underperforming kid, necessarily. I was a good student. But where I found interest was in things like sports. I was really, really into a variety of sports. Um, I played basketball, which is surprising considering my height, uh, volleyball, softball, track. Um, I also did a lot of arts. I did a lot of comp competitive art. Um, and so my mom was really into art, so she kind of helped influence some of that. And my dad was really into basketball and sports, so he kind of helped influence some of that. But it was in those moments, those competitive moments, where I worked on my skill. I worked on my, my you know, okay, I got to work on my free throws, and I got to be good at these things, that I found myself really putting myself into it. I had fun with it. The thing is, um, my mom really wanted me to, to play the piano. She was like, oh, you got to play the piano. I want you to, she really liked music, and she thought, like, that would be a really good thing for me. And I did, but I, I if, you know, reflecting now, it really wasn't the thing that I was into. I, I did it, I went to piano class, I did all that stuff, but if I think back on the things that I really got motivated by, I enjoyed the sports. I enjoyed the arts and competing and pulling like, the teams and the roles, like, okay, you're the point guards and the forwards, and like, figuring out how we all work together towards a common goal. Those are the moments, and, and for sure, who doesn't love the thrill of winning after all the work that's put into that? And, you know, I think even, like I said, even with the art, I was competitive. I did a lot of um, state and national competitions in that throughout my, you know, all the way, I probably, not yet in junior high, but I was into those things, but probably didn't compete until high school. So, you know, I think those are a little bit about what I was. Like I said, I really wasn't into STEM. I wasn't into, I didn't even really know, this is going to make me sound old, but I didn't really know about a lot of technology careers. I mean, I heard about it and stuff, but I didn't really think about it. Um, but I think the point here that I'm trying to make is that even with my company today, I don't know change with technology. I don't know what might happen to our economy. I don't know what might happen to the business. I don't know what might happen to my team, to my clients. Uh, I don't know what might happen to Salesforce. But we accept those unknowns. And we might fast forward the button in five years and look over our shoulder and be like, wow, that was really cool. And, and the with a smile part that I want to make a point on is that when you, you can accept these things with a smile when you recognize that all those little things that you did, showing up to class, doing the 
basketball practice or whatever it might be. All those little things actually shape you into the next thing, and then the next thing, and then the next thing. So you have an appreciation for the things that you're learning today. I certainly didn't become an athlete, and I'm not an artist, but those skills that I learned helped me to become what I am today um, as a founder and a CEO of a company that does technology. So let's let the story continue and the embarrassment to continue. Um, so <laughs> the next point I want to make is to keep your ears, your eyes, and your heart open throughout your entire life. It's starting now, right? Uh, this is actually a picture. That's my little brother. He's so cute. And my mom, <laughs> this is really bad, but you know, we didn't have iPhones, surprise, surprise, when I was in you know, college age. So I asked my mom to send me pictures. She didn't have a whole lot. She threw in some like, toddler pictures, which were really cute but it really didn't go with the story today. But this was a picture that's probably around, a little bit around college, maybe a little bit post-college. Um, and I think what I, what I wanted to tell you is, as I entered college, um, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, I had lofty ideas about, oh, I want to be an architect. I was like, oh, building buildings. My mom was kind of like, oh, she was looking at Architecture Digest and different things. I'm like, oh yeah, building buildings. That looks, designing buildings, amazing. And then I realized you have to know math really well. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, then I landed on a degree called information, I'm sorry, um, business, international business. And I decided on my, my degree in international business because I thought, oh, that'd be cool. I get to travel. I get to do business in other countries. Maybe I'll learn a language. Sounds very romantic. Sounds amazing. Um, but, you know, I, it was funny because I, I landed on that. I changed my degree. And I changed my degree because um, my dad, it was right around the time that the um, technology, I'm going to date myself here, but the, it was late 90s, and technology was taking off, careers in technology were taking off. Uh, if you've heard of dot-com, like all this stuff was starting to come to surface. Um, and so I ended up um, changing my major. And I didn't even really know still what I was going to be, but it was at that moment that I said, yeah, I could get a job. That's probably the thing to do, right? So I changed my major. I studied information technology, information systems, and it was in the College of Business. And I want to make that distinction because I met a lot of people in the College of Science and Engineering who did computer science, and I didn't mesh really well with that scene. Like, it just wasn't me. But what I did like and appreciate and started to learn more about myself was that in college, you know, I, I enjoyed the business classes. I liked thinking about business and how do you make software to support business? That connection for me really made a lot of sense. The computer science guys were doing really cool things like games and robot stuff, and I was like, wow, that's cool, but enjoy this. I connect the dots between people, business, and technology and software. So that was a big learning for me, and again, my point with all of this is to, to it's okay to adjust, but make sure you look up every now and then and decide like, what's going on in the world around me Listen, doesn't mean you have to do everything, but pay attention and re reset your course if you have to. Um, like I said, that's what I did in college, and I would say that I continue to do that in my career today, even with Pacific Point. There's times when I'm, I have to look up and go, is this still what we want to do? Change course and always do that. And I think just keeping your eyes open, thinking about new perspectives. Um, again, technology is always changing. Things are happening. I still keep a pulse on what's happening with Salesforce. Are customers changing their mind on certain things? What does the market tell me? And I, I will be very willing to adjust at any point in time 
So keep your eyes open. Look for opportunities and see um, you know, what might be out there. The last point, and sorry, I don't have a lot of old pictures, this is a new one, is to do your best. Um, these, this is one of those ones, um, you know, that it's, I have an IT degree, like I said, and I'm, I may be a unique person in some respects. A lot of people think about, um, the, the, I've heard a lot of amazing career stories where I started off as a teacher, and then I did this, and then I became that, and then now I got into technology because of this. I'm one of those kind of like, oh, you're just one of the ones that, was in technology and you always were in technology. Um, and I, and to, to an extent, I was. But I, I did change my career within the realm of technology quite a bit, going, like I said, from more of a technical into, into less technical roles throughout the course of my career. And now, as a business leader, which is a very different mindset, but throughout everything, I think it's really, really important to do your best at everything. From the time you're a child, like when you find that thing that you're really good at, if it's, you like, to play volleyball or you like to to do some kind of art designs or do anything apply yourself and do your best you're going to face a challenge you're going to hit a roadblock you're going to have someone say i don't really like what you drew or i don't really like the way you played in that game and and that's okay and i think that doing your best is um it's a very attractive thing and you know it's funny because we're we're women in this room right and i think that we want to be you know, attractive. Obviously, we want to look good, but it's it's a little it's a very unattractive thing, I would say, when people are kind of like half half in, a little bit not quite there. And it's okay to not like something. It's just like I said, my parents made me do the, the piano thing and all that, and I still did it. But it's you don't want to be half in. You want to find something you like, even if it's something small like art or anything, and put your best forward. And then if you realize you're not you're not really getting it anymore. Switch, it's okay to switch. And that's kind of the story that I would like to, to kind of convey to you, that as a woman, um, you know, we, we have to kind of put forth our best. Um, we have to um, have confidence. Those are things that are very attractive for women when you have the confidence. And you establish confidence by learning something and becoming good at it and practicing it and realizing I can do this. And that's really the message of, of this slide. Above all, you know, these are the three points that I, I made, is accepting the unknown with a smile, so I kind of underscored accept. Keep your ears, your eyes, and your heart open, so it's okay to change your mind, and you should change your mind, and always do your best. Since we're at Sacred Hearts, I'll, I'll say this verse from the Bible. Um, there's a verse that says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your might. And my translation for that would be, you have one shot at life, so everything you do, do your best. You can absolutely do that. <laughs>